As you know, we are in a series of messages from the most famous chapter in the Bible, the 23rd Psalm. And today we'll be, we will begin the second sermon in the series. And uh, we're going to deal with God's stress reduction plan. God's stress reduction plan. And this message comes from verse 2. So let's get into it this morning. Psalm 23, 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The sheep in the Middle East, uh, the shepherd comes and wakes them up about 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, they begin to come out of the sheepfold. And we'll talk about that sheepfold and, and what that is. But they come out of the sheepfold and they go into the grassy area and the dew is still on the ground and they browse uh, here and nibble there and they graze and then about 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning the shepherd has been uh, kind of scouting out a place for them to rest and so he finds a shady area if he can he finds a area where the uh, grass is thick and where it's uh, not so hot the sun is uh, beating down pretty good around 10 or 11 in the morning, and it's time for the sheep to rest. And so he uh, takes them under that shade tree, and he makes them lie down. And uh, they uh, uh, rest there. They lie there for about three or four hours, and they ruminate, or they do what we have heard around here, because we're Southerners, and uh, we know what... Uh, uh, farming and all that is, they do what is called chew the cud, and they um, are are digesting what they have ingested, and what those who study animal behavior and animal development have learned is that during this time of rest, during this quiet time, during this time of lying down, that is when the sheep grow the fastest. When they're having this quiet time, that's when the sheep are putting on the fat and putting on the wool, and that's when the sheep matures the most. Every good shepherd knows that it is essential for his sheep to have a time of rest every day, to have a quiet time every day. He maketh me lie down. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I want to talk to you about how to deal with stress. So many people I see today are all stressed up and nowhere to go. And they're tense and anxious and running around and in a hurry. And I believe some people even think it's wrong to rest. Can I tell you that in the 23rd Psalm... Uh, or, or in the uh, book of Exodus where the Ten Commandments are given, that one of the main commandments is rest. One of the Ten Commandments is rest. Guys, I've got a loud hissing noise coming out of the monitors. If you want to just kill those, it'll be fine. Um, and so, so uh, God wants us to understand that He wants us to rest. He wants us to take some time off, to be alone, to be with him. That's when he gets to talk to us. That's when he gets to say things to us. Again, I run into people who, who you can tell. 
uh, when they're resting or when they take some time off, they, they just feel guilty about that. But God is saying to us this morning, it is time to pull aside. It is time to turn off the TV, to turn off the work, and it is time to be alone with him because he has some things he wants to say. To hear them, quiet, still. Uh, I heard one time a called her up and she couldn't. The next day, she got a hold of him and she you all day yesterday. Get you. He said, Well, Monday. And he said, I take Mondays off. And he said, I was resting, I was just taking a day off. She said, well, the devil don't ever take a day off. He said, no, and if I didn't take a day off, I'd be just like the devil. You ever felt like that when you didn't get some time to rest? God wants his sheep to learn how to be quiet. God wants his sheep to learn how to lie down in green pastures, to learn how to drink from the still waters. Those who study and write about animal behavior will tell you that a sheep does not even like to drink water and he especially will not drink water if it's moving, if it's gurgling or rushing uh, or disturbed in any way. It's very, very difficult to get a sheep to drink water. And there are many streams like that in the Middle East. They come down out of the mountains and they rush into these ravines and the sheep are afraid. But if that water pools and, and gets still, then that sheep will go and drink. He leadeth me. Beside the still waters, he maketh me to lie down. You know why you're stressed? It's very simple. You're stressed because you're like sheep. We're like sheep. Look what the Bible says. In Psalm 100, in verse 3, the Bible says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and... The sheep of his pasture. Now, I've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to go in more detail today. You know, sometimes we hear we're little God's little sheep, God's little lambs, and we think that's a wonderful compliment. It's really not a compliment. It's just a description of who we are. And I've been doing a lot of studying and reading about sheep. As a matter of fact, a little bit later in the sermon, I'm going to give you one of my sources for some of the material that I've been teaching and preaching in this series I was talking with Millie about it. By the way, Millie and I had an anniversary this week, 32 years married. Isn't that awesome? She decided to celebrate it by going out of town. And uh, she said it's one of the best anniversaries she's ever had. She's with her sister. She went to Niagara Falls. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that awesome? I'm so glad I wasn't there. Okay. Um, not my idea of a vacation. <laughs> um, so I wanna, I've been doing a lot of studying, but Millie and I were talking about the sermon, and, and I'll run things by her, and, and I'll read things, and I'll say, did you know this? And, and she said, you know, you need to tell the church um, about these books, and I'll be telling you about it a little bit later, so get ready to write it down. I'm going to give you one of my sources for sermon material. But I want to give you four things about sheep, and I'm going to go through these very quickly, and, and I've said these things before, but I really want to nail them down. And here's why. Because you have to understand your need of the shepherd. And if you don't understand your need of the shepherd, then you're not going to seek the shepherd. So let's look at 
uh, our need. Let's, he, he, he says over and over in the Bible, we are his sheep. We are like sheep. So let's look at four characteristics of sheep. Number one, in case you were having some pride issues today, number one, they are dumb. Sheep are dumb. I, I, I uh, think they're sweet and everything, but they're just not too smart. And I don't know if you've ever been to a circus and seen animals do tricks, but usually you've, you don't see a sheep trick. And the reason for that is because they're just not really that smart. And you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You say I'm like sheep, they're not too smart. I am smart, Pastor. I graduated in the top of my class or at the top of my class. Well, that's fine, but I'm not talking about that kind of smarts. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm. You remember Nicodemus in the book of John chapter 3? He was a theologian. I mean, he was as intellectual and as smart as they come. He was at the top of the pharisaical ladder. He was a, a scholar, a very, very, very intelligent man. But there were things about the spiritual world he did not understand. Just because you are intellectually smart doesn't mean that you are spiritually smart. We all have to be taught. I mean, you might be here this morning. I kind of doubt it, but you might be here this morning, and you're a, a professor from Duke University. If you are, we're very happy to have y'all with us today. But I want to tell you that having a degree from Duke University or being a professor at Duke, you may have so many degrees, you know, you're, you look like a thermometer. I don't know, but I want to tell you that you uh, cannot know some things unless those things are revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And so um, uh, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus knew the Bible. I mean, he knew the Old Testament from the first word Genesis to the last word uh, of Malachi. He knew the Old Testament. And so there he is, and he's talking to Jesus. And after Jesus talks to him and tells him about being born again, and he says, Nicodemus, I know you were born of a woman. And he told him, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus said, and what a question. He said, you mean I need to get back into my mom and be born again? For, he said, no, no, no. You need to be born of the Holy Spirit, born of the Spirit. And can I say this morning that every one of you sitting here under the sound of my voice need to be born again. You need to be born of the Holy Spirit. And the way you do that is by accepting Jesus, what he did on the cross, his resurrection, the fact that he's soon coming, that he is the God-man, and he paid the penalty for your sin, and you want to receive him, and you will be born again of the Holy Spirit. Everybody needs that. Everybody, uh, a lot of people don't realize it, but that is that empty place in your life. That's that empty spot in your life. That's that uh, hole in the middle of the heart that that you're trying to feel with all kinds of things. It is, it is that born-again experience. But Nicodemus did not understand this. As smart as he was, Jesus even asked him this question. He said, are you a master in Israel, and yet you don't know these simple things? So sheep cannot know. The Bible says in Romans 3.11, uh, Paul said, uh, there is none who understands. And, and uh, what Paul meant by that is there's none who understands on his own. He must have it revealed to him. Number two, not only are sheep dumb, they're defenseless. Sheep are defenseless. And that is just like us. Spiritually, we are all like sheep. Other animals can defend themselves. Uh, how many of y'all do horses? Anybody do horses out here? 
okay? And uh, horses can run, can't they? And they can, uh, they can kick and they can bite. And I found out that out the hard way when I was a little bit younger. But uh, horses know how to defend. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my, uh, can roar. And they have huge sharp teeth and uh, powerful jaws. And bears can crush you and skunk. You know what he can do to you. And uh, a snake has speed and venom and he can bite you. But let me tell you about a sheep. Listen to this. Sheep can't run. They have relatively weak muscles. They have very poor eyesight. And they don't have very good hearing. And when I read all that, I thought, wow, that sounds like a 52-year-old pastor. A lot like that. So sheep are like that. And, and the Bible says we are like sheep. We are like sheep. When our Lord, uh, think about the movie The Passion of the Christ. When our Lord was being lied on and beaten and mocked, and he was going toward the cross, in the book of Luke, or in the book of Acts actually, Luke wrote the book of Acts, he is describing Jesus going to the cross, and he says in Acts 8.32 that Jesus was like a lamb, like a little sheep headed for the slaughter. In other words, it was as if Jesus was defenseless. Now, we know Jesus wasn't defenseless. Jesus chose to be defenseless. Y'all understand that, don't you? See, um, they didn't take his life. He what? He gave it. So, so, but Jesus chose to be defenseless. He chose it. And when, when Luke recalled the defenseless nature of Jesus leading up to the cross, uh, uh, Luke said he is like a lamb. He is like a little lamb, talking about the defenselessness. You see, we think of sheep as needing someone to defend them. Sheep need someone to defend them. And uh, that's definitely true about us because we have no defense apart from God. Let's look at it in the Bible. Psalm 18 and 2. I love this verse. Let's uh, just say these words with me. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my, my God, my, in whom I will trust my, and the horn of my salvation, and my. See, you don't have, all you can do is run to him. When you're in trouble, now you can, you can put up your dukes and go, I, I don't need God, I, but you're going to get toe up, okay? You're going to get messed up. You're going to lose because he is your defense. He is your defense. Some of you right now under the sound of my voice are fighting battles that don't belong to you. You will not give them to God. You keep trying to fight them and win them on your own, and you keep losing, don't you? You know why? Because it isn't yours. God wants you this morning in this service to turn that battle over to him. He is your defense. Psalm 35, 23. The writer here felt like God had gone to sleep. Y'all ever feel like God's going to sleep on you? Well, he hasn't, but I felt like it. And this writer felt like it. He said, awake and rise to my what? Defense. And then he says, contend. That means fight. Fight. Contend for me. Who? My God and my Lord. The Lord is our defense. So we think about the ignorance, the dumbness of a sheep. We think about the the, the fact that he's defenseless. Number three, a sheep has no sense of direction. 
A sheep is easily lost. Think about us. Think about us. We are like sheep. Isaiah 53 and 6 says it. All we like sheep have what? Gone astray. We have turned everyone to his what? Own way. Sheep will browse and nibble. And they, they don't mean to. They're not stubborn. They're, they, they just stray off. They're, they're, listen, listen. They're careless. Have you been careless about your walk with God? See, listen to me. I want you to get this this morning. You can't serve God casually. You can't serve God casually. You have to serve God with extreme prejudice. You have to serve God with intention. Intention. You have to get up every morning and follow a plan and follow some disciplines. Because it is not your nature to go toward God. It is your nature to go away from God. And so if you don't have a strategy and a plan to walk with him, and, and I love what Mark said today, to, to, to live for him daily, to walk with him daily, to get up every morning and understand my purpose for being on this earth is to serve God, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to have a plan. You see, sheep don't realize it. They just get further away, slowly but surely. They get away from the flock. Can I tell you we need each other? That's one of the reasons I did Thursday night church out at the bridge. is because I know in the summer sheep have a tendency to stray off. Amen, amen. Y'all say amen, you're here. But they have a tendency to stray off. So I thought what can we do during the summer to keep the flock together? How about Thursday night church? And it's been beautiful. As a matter of fact, this past Thursday night, packed house at the bridge. Packed out. Amen, amen. And so they, <coughs> excuse me, they stray away from the flock. And then the fold, the sheep fold, is, a, is an enclosure, a fence that is built out of stones and wood. It's about this high. And the sheep sleep in the sheep fold at night so they can be protected. But when they, when they begin to uh, stand up and walk around and begin to nibble and browse, they'll, they'll get out of the sheep fold. They'll, they'll walk outside of it. They'll, they'll get away from the flock. And, and then they get away from, above, above all things, they get away from who? The shepherd. They get away from the shepherd. And, and they don't know where they are. And they don't mean to get away. They just do. And, and, then, and then suddenly they're lost. And, and they're out there and they, there's no flock. There, there are no other sheep. And, and there's no sheepfold that protects them. And, and they, they can't find the shepherd. And the thing about sheep is not only do they get lost easily, they don't know how to get back home. Sheep don't know how to get back home. How many of you know a cow can get back to the barn? A cow will get back to the barn. A horse will come back to the stable. I was riding a horse one time when I was a lot younger. And we'd gotten about two miles away from the stable. And I don't know what happened. He got a whiff of the stable or he got a glimpse of the stable. And he decided he wanted to go back to the stable. And so we took off back to the stable. I am not kidding you. We took off. And I pulled the reins. And I tried to turn him. He wouldn't pay any attention to those reins. I know, boy, I was pulling on him. You know, and he wasn't doing anything. And so I just grabbed the horn. I was blowing the horn all the way back to the stable. I was just holding on for dear life because he knew where that stable was. I couldn't even see the stable. He knew how to get back. You ever try to get rid of a cat? Can't get rid of a cat. I've been told. You ever heard of a homing pigeon? How about a homing sheep? Never. You've never heard of a homing sheep because sheep 
They don't know how to come home. These other animals know how to come home, but sheep don't know. They have to be sought. They have to be found. They have to be led. And they have to be brought home. And the Bible says we are like sheep. Hosea 11.7 says, My people are bent on backsliding from me. They're not bent on, on being faithful to me. They're bent toward backsliding. See, if you understand that right there, because some of you, some of you feel guilty because you feel pulled toward backsliding. Well, you can't help that. Every one of us fight that every single day. You, you think your pastor walks free of that pull or walks free of that current? No, I do not. I'm pulled every day to go away from God. That is the current of this world. That is the nature that's in your heart. Is not to go toward God, but to go away from God. And so you have to make up your mind. You have to set yourself that you're going to serve the Lord. I love what it says in the book of Daniel when they tried to get Daniel to eat the meat offered to idols. The Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Purposed in his heart. You have to purpose in your heart that you're going to serve God. A lot of people, they'll say, well, okay, God, I'm going to give you a chance, and I'm going to go up to the altar and cry a few crocodile tears, but boy, once I do that, you got you got to take over. No, sir. No, sir. He's going to be there, and he's going to walk with you, but you gotta, you got to get up every morning and move toward him every day. got to serve him intentionally. You can't serve him casually. And then number four about sheep, they're, they're completely dependent. And um, the books I, excuse me, the books I wanted to tell y'all about are by a fella called Philip Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R, Philip Keller. And these books are scriptural, and they are written, he, he's written a lot of books about sheep and, and uh, the shepherd's relationship to the sheep. And probably the book I've enjoyed most is one where he wrote about the 23rd Psalm, and and it's uh, the 23rd Psalm from a, the perspective of a, of a shepherd. But Philip Keller in one of his books talks about a sheep becoming cast, C-A-S-T. And this is when the sheep rolls over on its back and it can't get back up on its feet. You know, the, the back of a sheep is a, uh, when they lay down it becomes flat and um, Sometimes a sheep in, in moving around and rolling around on the ground, he will roll over on his back and his little hooves are up in the air and he can't get himself over. He doesn't have the dexterity or the, or the athletic ability to get himself back up on his feet. And the Bible, or, or Philip Keller talks about um, the sheep being in that cast position. He, is, he is, uh, can't get right side up. He needs somebody to come help him. Now, as I talk about that, I want you to think about us. Now, when he gets in a cast position externally, he becomes vulnerable to all of the predators. And since sheep are so defenseless, uh, they have many predators and, you know, wolves and, and uh, all kinds of scavengers. And, and, and when a sheep gets in a cast position, the vultures will immediately, when they see that, they'll just begin to circle over him. But, but not only are there problems externally, there are problems internally 
because um, when he gets in that cast position, the gases begin to build up inside his body and the circulation is cut off and he will die in that position even if the, even if the predators don't get to him and, and certainly if he dies, they will eventually get to him and, and he'll be destroyed. So I want you to think about yourself. And I wonder if there's somebody here this morning and you're down and you can't get up. You're down and, and you, you have tried to get yourself up. And you've tried to, to get yourself on your feet and get going and you just can't do it. When the sheep gets in this position, uh, he does what is called bleeding, B-L-E-A-T-I-N-G, where he's, he's just crying out and he's loud because he wants what? The shepherd to hear him. Well, sometimes the shepherd will hear the sheep and sometimes the shepherd will not hear the sheep. But can I tell you all something this morning? Our shepherd always hears us. When we cry out, he always hears. And there are some people sitting here under the sound of my voice and you've done a lot of good things and a lot of right things to get back on your feet, but still it isn't working out. You know what you need to do? Let me tell you what you need to do. This is going to sound strange. But you need to get in your house and you need to shut all the doors and you need to cry out to God. You need to cry out to God. You need to get loud. You need to weep before Him and humble yourself. You know what we need to do? Let me tell you what we need to do. We need to get desperate. We need to get desperate. There's a song we used to sing that said, I'm desperate for you, Lord. And I think that's one of the missing elements of intimacy with God in a lot of local churches. There's no desperation. There's no desperation. We, we think, well, you know, I hope he comes, but if he don't, I got some other things I can do. I don't know what is going to happen with this economy, and I don't know what's going to happen in the Middle East, and I don't know what's going to happen around us. But God wants his people to cry out. And you know what? We don't have to wait until our back's against the wall to cry out. We can cry out now. Are y'all with me this morning? I'm calling on this church. I'm calling on myself and my staff and my deacon board, and my ministry director. It's time to cry out to God. It's time to cry. It's time, it's time to quit messing around and playing church and sending up these little King James prayers. And it's time to cry out to God and say, help us, O God. Forgive us, O God. Cleanse us, O God. Come where we are and fill us with your power and fill us with your presence. Provide for us, O God. Cry out. Somebody sitting here this morning, I want to just say to you, and I, I feel really impressed right here. The last key that you need to use that you've not used is that one because to use that one you got to drop your pride you got to drop your pride and cry out to God and get desperate I don't know who that's for but I just put that out there and I, I pray that you receive that you know David used the word cast in the book of Psalms chapter 42 verse 5 he said why are you cast down oh my soul and so we can get in that cast position and we need the shepherd to come and pick us up and turn us around and get us back on our feet. 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 and 5 that our sufficiency is of God. We are his people. Psalm 100 verse 3. We are his people and, and what are we? The sheep of his pasture. Now, um, let me give you something in closing. And of course, y'all know that doesn't mean a thing, but it helps you. Um, how do we handle stress? Let's look at it in Psalm 23, 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, I'm going to give you three things. I'm going to give you one of them today. I'll give you the other two in my next sermon. But I want to give you three things. The first one, the first thing we need to know that will lower the stress in our life is we need to understand the security we have in the shepherd. The security we have in the shepherd. Everybody say this with me. I'm secure in Jesus. I'm secure in Jesus. Everybody say it with me. I'm secure in Jesus. Listen, he is your defense. You are secure in him. When you gave your heart to him, that puts you right there in the palm of his hand. You are secure in Jesus. He maketh me. He leadeth me. Remember we said that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. He is the good shepherd who died for the penalty of sin. He is the great shepherd who rose from the dead to give us power over sin. And he is the chief shepherd who is coming again and deliver us from the very presence of sin. Now what, when we talk about security, what will make us know that we are secure? Three little things down at the bottom of your notes. Number one, we need to understand. I know you already know this, but we need to nail it down again this morning. He is compassionate. You need to know your shepherd is compassionate toward you. Some of you all think God's mad at you. Some of you think God's got his arms folded, got his bottom lip poked out at you, and he's waiting for you to say all the right things that will make him come where you are. Listen to me. All you got to do is cry out, and he'll run where you are right now. He's compassionate towards you. Look what the Bible says. But when he saw the multitudes, Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like what? Sheep having no shepherd. Jesus didn't say, I've told them and told them and told them and told them and that's it. I've had it. Jesus had told them and told them and told them and told them, but they still went their own way, and he didn't get angry. The Bible says he wept. You know that little verse in the Bible, Jesus wept? This is that occasion where he saw the people of Jerusalem, the, the Israelis, the Jews, he saw them as sheep not having a shepherd. He wept for them. He saw them running and anxious and frantic and fearful and failing and fainting. He saw them in their complaining and their stress. And the Bible says his, his reaction to that was not anger. His reaction to that was he was moved with compassion. Now stay with me. Let's look at those two words, moved and compassion. The word moved is a very powerful word. It means he was convulsed. It carries with it the idea of physical pain right here. You ever had physical pain right there for your kids? You ever had physical pain right there in your gut for your children? Let me tell you something. That's how God feels when he looks down and sees his children acting like they don't have a sheep. Acting like that, or acting like they don't have a shepherd rather. He looks down and it makes him cry. Here, here's an illustration. If you went home tonight and you went in your bedroom to kiss your little 
uh, five or six-year-old good night, and they were crying. And you said to them, honey, what's wrong? And they said, well, I'm afraid there's not going to be any food tomorrow. Or I'm afraid somebody's going to come in in the middle of the night and get me. And they began to tell you about a whole lot of things that they were worried about. And it, and, and it wouldn't make you angry. What would it make? It would make you want to cry with them and say, honey, you don't have to worry about that. Mama's going to feed you. Daddy's going to feed you. Nobody's going to break in here tonight and hurt you because I'm here. And when God looks down and he's made so many promises and he's told us he'll never leave us or forsake us and he sees us frantic and he sees us fearful and he sees us all anxious and stressed out, it breaks his heart because he knows we're not really trusting him. Are y'all with me this morning? And it moves him. That word compassion Com means with, C-O-M means with, passion means to suffer, the passion of the Christ. That's what that meant. Come, so Jesus with suffering, he saw them as sheep not having a shepherd. Can I tell you this morning, think about this. You know what made Jesus leave heaven and come down here? I know what time it is and it makes no difference. You know what made Jesus Leave heaven and come down here. He saw our need. He saw our need. He saw, he looked down and he saw us. He saw us scattered. He saw us in need. He saw us lost. He saw us on our way to hell. He saw us anxious. He saw us worried. He saw us, uh, uh, you know, frantic and afraid and fearful. And he looked down and he said, Father, I will go and bring new life to these people. That's why he left heaven. That's why he took off a robe of glory, an incorruptible body and put on corruption and put on a, a flesh that would grow old and decay and feel pain. That's why he did it, because he loves you, because he loves me. Number two, he is caring. I love this verse in Isaiah 40, 11. It says, he will feed his flock. I always get excited when the Bible talks about feeding me. Isaiah 40, 11 says, he will feed his flock like a what? Like a shepherd. He, look at this. He will carry the lambs in his arms. And then I love this next one. It makes me cry every time. Holding them close to his heart. Is there a more beautiful picture of our shepherd in the Bible than this one? He'll feed us. He'll carry us. He'll hold us close to his heart. Can I just ask you, is there anybody here this morning? Who would just love to lay their head up on Jesus' chest? He says right here, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. And then that last sentence talks about that mother, that mother sheep and that little baby lamb. He says, he will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Aren't you glad our God is so tender? He's so tender toward us. Don't you let the devil tell you that God's up in heaven mad at you. He loves you. He cares about you. And I tell you this, I'm so glad he gives me what I need and not what I deserve. Aren't you? Because you know what? If he gave me what I deserve, you know those little things you put in the backyard during the summertime? They got a light in them and bugs fly into them. 
God would have done that to me a long time ago if he gave us what we deserved. Isn't that the truth? Y'all look so holy out there. I know you're mean. I know you are. Listen, if he gave us what we deserved, if he gave us what we deserved, there wouldn't be one of us here. If he gave us what we deserved, as we look back, there wouldn't be one of us even alive right here now. We didn't, I mean, buddy, that'd have been it. But he doesn't give us what we need. Oh, he doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we need. And what we need is compassion. We need love and we need forgiveness. We need caring and that's what God gives us. And then finally, he's courageous. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He said, now, the hired hand is, is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. He's just been hired to look after them. So, when the wolf uh, is coming, when he sees the wolf coming, this hired hand, he will abandon the sheep and run away. And then the wolf will attack the flock and scatter it. The man, this hired hand, he runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. See, wolves are after me and wolves are after you. We have many predators. But Jesus is not just, look, let, let me tell you all something this morning. Don't you see Jesus as some some little pale, sanctimonious, hunched over, anemic, effeminate God with his little hands folded and he's up there in heaven kind of half sick and you know let, let me tell you something Jesus is courageous Jesus is courageous listen you remember in the Bible when they said who do men Jesus said who, who do men say that I am he said what's the talk around town who, who do people say I am you know nobody said Mary and Martha some people think you're Mary and Martha you know nobody said that you know what they said? You remember? They said, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Moses. Some say you're Isaiah. Can I tell you something this morning? Meekness doesn't mean weakness. Meekness doesn't mean weakness. Jesus is courageous. He is courageous. I told you last week, he is a banner. He is, he is Jehovah Sidkenu. He will raise up a banner when the enemy comes against you. He is our compassionate shepherd. He is our caring shepherd. But don't you see him as some weak little, he's courageous. There was a time when the disciples came and said, Jesus, you can't go to Jerusalem. It's dangerous there. They want to kill you. They want to destroy you. There's talk in Jerusalem that they're going to arrest you and they're going to crucify you on a cross. You can't go there. It's dangerous. The Bible says Jesus set his face. And walked into that city. No fear. That's my shepherd. My shepherd is compassionate. My shepherd is caring. And that gives me tremendous security. But he's also a mighty man of valor. He's a man of courage. Don't you want to know him? Don't you want him to rule and reign in your life? Why don't you open yourself to him today? Would you just bow your head? Would you just say, Jesus, I heard this word today from Pastor. I believe it, Jesus. I've been fighting my own battles. I've been trying to solve my own problems. And Lord, the more I do, the bigger the mess gets. I need you in my life. I need you in my life, Jesus. I need you to come love on me. 
I need you to come pick me up so I can lay my head up on your chest. I need that. I've been trying to do without it and think I could live without it, but I can't. I need you. I'm desperate for you. And I want you to come in my life and cleanse me and wash away all my sin. And I want you to live in me, God. I just give you my life today. Lord, I'm, I'm not offering up any more excuses. I, I'm through with all that. I, I just need you in my life, and I give myself to you today. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead for me. You're coming again one day, and I'm going to stop running from you today. I need you. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life right now. I invite you into my life. Now, if you ask the Lord into your life this morning, you've been running and going your own way, but you invited him into your heart this morning, would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Just slip it up real quick. Put it right back down. God bless you. Everybody look at me. We're going to